0: Hey everyone, happy Jubilee, Platinum Jubilee, good to see you this morning. Well, should we just jump straight into it because I know you can't wait to eat your picnic. I can't, I, you're probably going to struggle to concentrate, you're so excited. Well, here we are celebrating Her Majesty's Elizabeth II Platinum Jubilee, 70 years of an amazing reign. And I'm sure you'll agree with me that she has served this nation, the Commonwealth, and leaders around the world and the whole world in many respects in her ability, absolutely superbly well within her capacity. She's earned the gratitude and respect from people all over the world. And whether you're a monarchist or not, as an individual, what she has done and how she has served has won the respect of everybody, I listened to a video um, celebratory comment from the French president, who's a Republican, as you know, Macron, and he was celebrating and thanking the Queen for her superb, for her leadership and her example to world leaders. What an amazing lady she is! And um, but the reality is, this is the reality. She actually doesn't have any real power. She's a figurehead. She's not a politician. She's not a lawmaker. She's not a... It's in a democracy. She, is, she has a reign, but she doesn't have any real power. So her power her is through her influence. Her reign is through influence. But she has done an amazing job at reigning. Now, what is it to reign? What, it, what does it mean to rule and reign? Well, basically... It is to serve for the good and the flourishing of others. And that's what she's done. She has served in her reign, in her capacity, for the good and the flourishing of others, from a life well lived, from a faith in Christianity, in Jesus that's on show. And her words and comments have influenced people and leaders in our nation and around the world for good. And that has certainly come out where people have acknowledged that time and time and time again. And she's an example for us on how we can and should rule and reign. Now, you might turn around to me and say, and I think it's understandable to say this, What relevance does the queen ruling and reigning have anything to do with my life? I'm not a queen, I'm not a king, I'm not on the throne, I don't have a rule and I have a reign. Well, strictly, that's not true. You are a ruler. You do have a reign. In fact, you were created to rule and to reign. The reason why God created you, in fact, the reason why God put human beings, men and women, on the planet was that they may rule with all his his authority on his behalf and bring his government and his rule to earth for the well-being and the flourishing and the care of everything and everybody on the planet. Let's have a look at Genesis 2. I'm... uh, crackling a bit, and if it crackles too much, you can bring me down a handheld mic. Is that okay? So, Genesis chapter 2. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule. Genesis is the beginnings book. It's the book called the Book of Beginnings, and it's where God lays out the fundamental principles for life and flourishing on earth, the way He's wired it all up for it to function. And right there in the book, right there in Genesis chapter 1, in the first few verses, He gives the reason why you were made. Why you were created in the image of God. Now, what is it to be made in the image of God? Many people will say, well, we're made in God's image because God is a person, and we are persons. He's relational. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That makes up the Godhead. And we're relational, and that's why we love friends and family and hang out together, and we're going to enjoy our picnic because we're relational, and how we thrive when our relationships thrive. We're made in the image of God because God has a mind with which he thinks, and we have an intellect and a capacity that is greater than any other animal or creature because we're made in the image of God. God is a creator. He created the heavens and the earth. We're created. Look at all the buildings and the art and even a thousand of them of Queen Elizabeth. Creativity. We have creativity. God is a moral being and we have a moral perspective. We have a sense of right and wrong and what's just and unjust. So we're made in the image of God and all these things are true. But that's not what God leads out of when he says Genesis chapter 1. That's not his opening statement. The opening line of the play that it started from Genesis and will end in Revelation. This amazing drama of humanity on earth. It's not the opening line. The opening line is, let us make mankind in our image that they may rule. Yes, you have been given amazing dignity. In fact, the psalmist in Psalm chapter 8 says, Oh Lord, what is man That you are mindful of him. You've made us, you've made him little lower than the angels. In other words, we don't have super supernatural bodies that can whizz all over the universe like a flash. We don't have supernatural powers in the same way. We're flesh and blood, we're made of the dust, we're fragile, you made us lower than the angels, but you have placed everything that you've made under his or their feet. You have made mankind. To rule on your behalf on earth. Now, what does it mean to rule? Here's a big question. Should I have that? Am I? Yes, sir. What does it mean to rule? So, now, this is really important for you and me, so that we know what our job description is. So you know why you're on the planet. Why God, even before you were created, was in his mind and he put you in your mother's womb, that you may live out. A purpose as a king and as a queen on earth. What is it to rule? Let's have a look at it. In Genesis, it says again, The Lord God took man, speaking of mankind, put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. That's his job description. You say, I've made you to rule. Now let me explain what ruling is. I'm going to place your feet somewhere and I want you to cultivate an environment that flourishes for the well-being of everything on the planet or every every area that you have influence in the space where I put your feet. Let's Let's read it again. The Lord God took man and put him in the garden. He's put him somewhere. He's put you somewhere. You have been put somewhere. And to rule... And to bring his governance, his care, is flourishing for all creation. He says, take care of this space that you're in and and work it that it flourishes, that you provide nurture, provision, and environment for everybody in your influence's well-being. That's what rulers do. In theory, that's what politicians should do. In theory, that's what local councillors to do. Some do it well and some don't, according to how we define our rulership. Is it a position, a power, and it's all about me and control and personal benefit? Or is it to actually see that it's a stewardship to create environments for the well-being and the flourishing of others? Mankind was put in a garden to care, cultivate. Make provision, nourishment for others' well-being. What's your garden? For some, it's family, friends, neighbors. In fact, you're put in many gardens. It's a, it's not, in fact, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he intended them to provide that care for all of creation, to extend. So it's an ever-extending garden. Family, friends, neighbours, the workplace, school, your street, your city, your community, your, cha- your church, wherever you're planted. There's more things than I can list, but you have gardens and he's put you there. What to do? To use it for your own benefit? Are you in the workplace for your own benefit? For my money and my mortgage and my this and my, Or are you there to actually cultivate an environment for Flourishing. Are you in university to get the exams that you want, that you may have a great future? Are you there, as long as you're there, to influence for the flourishing and the benefit of others? What garden has he put you and me in? And God wants to care through you wherever space he's put you in. Now, you might turn around to me, as I often feel... (laughs) Oh, I don't have what it takes to do this. I need some help here. What, what, I don't know where to start. Now, fortunately, God gives you two primary gifts. Note that word, gifts. They're free. Two primary gifts that you have everything you need to rule in this capacity. When he created Adam and Eve... He didn't say, male and female, he created them therefore, to rule, and then step back and says, just get on with it, and I'm not giving you everything you need to do it. That's not the way God works. He sets you up, and he provides you everything you need. Two things. The first thing is wisdom. Wisdom is the crown of rulers. You need wisdom to know how to rule well. Look at what Proverbs chapter 8 says. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence, Possess knowledge and discretion, counsel and sound judgment. They are mine. I have insight. I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decree that are just. By me, princes, govern and nobles, all who rule on earth. God gives you wisdom to know how to live life in a way that nurtures... and uh, and creates environments for the flourishing of others. That's why parents need wisdom. Everybody needs wisdom. That's why husbands and wives need wisdom to negotiate their marriages. We need wisdom. So we need wisdom in the workplace. Wisdom in everything that you do. So, Solomon, who was appointed king after King David in the Old Testament, he was just a boy when he became a king and, he really knew he didn't have any wisdom, and he prayed this famous prayer. He says, oh, Lord, give me wisdom that I may care for these great people of yours. you see? He's the king. He knows he's got a rule. He knows ruling is to care. How, what does he need to actually execute this and apply He needs wisdom. Solomon, and it's a gift. Let me explain this. You don't get wisdom through learning about it through your academic career. (laughs) You and I know a lot of people who have have gone through the whole academic route, and that doesn't necessarily guarantee that because you've got knowledge, you've become a wise person, does it? You don't necessarily gain wisdom through experience and gray hair. We've all met a lot of people who are older and mature and who, frankly, should know better. You don't earn it from experience. You don't necessarily learn it through knowledge. Wisdom is a gift from God. James says this, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God. Like Solomon, who gives generously, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Ask, ask. There's one prayer I pray probably more more regularly and more often than any other prayer. It's Lord, give me wisdom. It is a prayer that I pray. Gosh, I pray it more than daily. I'm praying three, four, five. I mean, because I'm. You find yourself in so many situations. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom all the time pray for wisdom he gives it and he gives it by asking the other way that God gives wisdom is by listening to his words and practicing and it's in the process of listening and practicing that the Holy Spirit imparts wisdom so Jesus said this Therefore, talking about living life well, therefore, if anyone hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, he is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Wisdom comes with the hearing and the practice. And that's why it's not just something learnt, because the foolish man also learnt the words of Jesus. He also had the knowledge of the words of Jesus. He didn't practice them. There's a manifestation, an impartation, a gift of wisdom that comes as we ask and as we listen to the Word of God, the Scriptures, and put it into practice. Secondly, as this other gift that God gives you and I, that we may rule well, and it's blessing. God blesses you with what you need that you may rule and care and create environments of flourishing for others. So immediately after God said, let us make mankind in our image, so in his image he made them so that they may rule, in Genesis he blessed them. And this is what he said. Then God said, after the rulership bit, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit in it with seed. They will be yours for food Now, here we have, this is God's blessing. God gives you the gift of provision for what you need each day. He firstly gives you enough for yourself, but he gives it in such a manner that it has the power of multiplication in it as you sow it. So I have enough for me, and I have enough to sow. I have enough for me, and I have enough to give. He, gives every, he says, I give you every fruit. The flesh of the fruit is for eating, but in the fruit there's seeds to sow that will multiply more, not just for the benefit of yourself, but the benefit of others. I give you every seed-bearing plant for your food. So you eat the flesh of the plant and you sow the seed. You give it away, you let it go. And it then returns to you for your more blessing, that you may sow more, and that you may give and provide an environment for the flourishing of others. Everybody can have wisdom to create a flourishing garden. Friendship, marriage, children, family, community. The list goes on, wherever you are, down your street. And everybody can sow out of what they've received. What have you received? Well, we've all received one thing. We've all received a bit of time. I get 24 hours a day. So do you. That's a gift from God. I use some of it for me, or do I use it all for me? Or do I give myself a way to serving others? Or i got a gift of time, a talent, a gift, a skill. We use it for ourselves. Some of us use our talents to make a living. Or do we use it all Or do we give some of it away to bless others? Some of us might have a car so we can get around. But how about using it so other people can get around? Some money left over, a listening ear, prayer. Prayer. The moment we give our lives to Christ, we receive a blessing. It's the gift of prayer where we have access to God, where he hears us and he answers our prayers and gives us wisdom and guidance. We've got a gift of prayer. And we can pray for our needs and we can pray for others. The gospel that saves us. I've been saved by the gospel which is free. And it's changed my life. And now I have a gospel to share. Do we share what we've received? One of the best ways you can create a garden of flourishing and caring in somebody's life and in your community is to share what you've received. Do we share it? Or do we just receive it? My testimony, a changed life, an answer to prayer, a healing. Now I've received a healing, a changed life, an answer to prayer. Do I share it so that I can create in other people's lives a flourishing and a nurturing and a provision for their well-being. Forgiveness. Oh, I've received forgiveness. Do I give it? Do I rule by giving forgiveness? The Lord's Prayer says, forgive us as we've received, forgive us as we forgive others so what you've received by the way of blessing back into the garden where god has placed you or the multiple gardens and this is god's operating system for mankind and this is how he has set it up that we can rule let us make man in our image he blessed them he provided for them that we may in turn do what god has done for us it's how we execute his reign on earth And in these ways, through wisdom and blessing, he provides that you may do your job and find purpose in it and fulfillment in it by blessing others for their good. The Bible says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Isn't that an amazing thing? Seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, seek first the kingdom of God and everything you will need will be given to you, just like it was to Adam and Eve, that you may have enough for each day and enough to multiply it as well. This is God's operating system. Give us this astonishing prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your reign come on earth. Through me, that's why we're praying it. Give me my daily bread, that I have may enough to live your kingdom, and execute the reign of God on earth. Your kingdom, it's very interesting. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The next line in the prayer is, give me my daily bread. Blessing that I have enough and enough to reproduce and multiply for the benefit of others. So let me finish with two examples because I have eight minutes left. And I'm confident I'm going to be able to finish. Please. First, a story And then an example, both from Jesus. The parable of the talents. Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. In other words, this is what the rule of God is like on earth. A master gave three servants talents. One five talents, one two talents, one five talents, one ten talents. Then he went away and he came back and says, what have you done with the talents I have blessed you with, given you? You haven't earned them? I've given them to you. What have you done with it? Well, one buried it in the ground. He wasn't too happy about that. The other two multiplied it. And they said, oh, you've given me five. years, 10. You've given me 10. years, 15. And he says, well done, you faithful ruler, you faithful servant. Come into my martyr's happiness. Because you've been faithful with the few things by multiplying it, I will give you rulership over 10 cities. You see? If you're faithful with what God has given you and multiplying it for the reign and the flourishing and the well-being of others, what he increases your rulership. That's what this life is all about. We're learning how to rule in the kingdom of God by being faithful and giving our lives away and multiplying what we have. Whether it's time, a listening ear, a prayer, a sharing of the gospel, a sharing of our resources, kindness, compassion, whatever it is, so that we may rule in the kingdom of God. And that's how it operates, both now and in the future. Here's the story. Let's see how this worked out in principle. I like this story. Jesus has just been preaching to 5,000 men, because when it records people in, in the Old Testament, they generally didn't co- record, it record the women and the children. So we're talking of maybe 20, 25, 30,000 people. So Jesus has been teaching about 30,000 people, and Philip, full of compassion... Says, Jesus, it's been a hard day. You've been very busy. We're whacked. Go home. Send them out, will you? Because if they're going to they're faint on the way home because they haven't had anything to eat, so please send them home so they get watered and fed because I don't want to have the responsibility of it. And send them home. Please, Jesus, we're all tired of this serving stuff. And Jesus turns around and says to Philip, You serve them. <laughs> You are. that's going to be a, world, a, a year's worth of work. You see, you can't work for the resources to feed these people. He says, well, I haven't got anything to do with it. I haven't got, you know, what have you got? Well, we haven't got, we, uh, right. I've only got five loaves and two fish. And those, sorry, five fish and two loaves, and they have been given to me. See, they're little boys. They're not even mine. I didn't earn these, they're not even mine. And that little boy, probably his mum, gave them to her. Gave them to him, rather. That's what I got. A little bit of bread, a little bit of fish. And then he took that little bit of bread and fish in his hands. He blessed it and gave it back to Peter, uh, Philip and the disciples. And the disciples gave it away. And a whole community were cared for. A whole community were nourished. A whole community had a moment of human flush, flourishing through that little bit of bread. Their first instinct was to say, I haven't got enough, but Jesus said, give me what you had." Now, that was a daily portion. It's a bit like the portion of the Lord's Prayer. It was just a, a boy's portion. Give me our daily bread. And as they took what they needed... And as they sowed it, there were 12 baskets left over. Queen Elizabeth has astonishingly used her position where she doesn't actually have any power as such as a government official, as a lawmaker. But she's been placed in a garden and she has time, a body, and a voice. And she has given herself over 70 years to give time to people in the line like Sarah was in, look them in the eye, ask them how they are, show them an interest. In the few moments she's been able to whisper in the ear of a political leader or listen to them. Every Sunday, Christmas Day, for 10 minutes, she gets to speak to the nation. She turns up and cuts a ribbon. You may say, that's just such a small thing. I mean, it, it's, it's such a, in one sense, it's such small things that she does in one level. But her impact has been huge. You may look at what you've got. You may look at your life. You may look at your talent. You may look at your, your meager portion. It's a bit of bread and fish. How can this help so many? But I will bless it. And if you operate in my operating system for how rulership works, take what you need and share it and give it away. Time, talent, gift, the gospel, prayer, the whole shebang. Give it away over a course of a lifetime. And when the master returns... And you'll look at your talent and what's been given, and you say, look, I've multiplied it. He says, well done. There's a few cities I've lined up for you. You've learned how to rule well and care well for everything on the planet and every person in it. And now I'm inviting you into my Father's happiness that you may rule and reign over much. We're grateful for the Queen, grateful to God for the Queen but you have a garden to rule and reign in. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you as we've been celebrating the Queen's reign and the astonishing, faithful, simple example that she is to us. May we, like she has been true to her pledge to you, to rule faithfully and care faithfully, May we, Lord, be true to our pledge to you when we received you into our lives and made you our Lord for your will to be done and your kingdom to come in us and through us. May you help us by your grace every day of our life, every year that we live, till our dying breath reign as faithful servants on earth. And we pray you bless our picnic, Lord. And may we share our laughter and what we've got with each other. Amen.